This is Amalia Eon Karras. Hey everyone, it's Satya, and you're listening to Love, Love Sex, Sex, and, and the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. agenda. This is Joe Roop, the producer of Love, Sex, and the Hidden Agenda. What I wanted to ask both of you about the gurus that are in, you know, the leaders of these mystery schools, it seems to me like there's something going on there, especially with this whole John of God story going on. If people aren't familiar with that, you know, he was a uh, spiritual leader from Brazil, a faith healer, actually was on Oprah. Millions of people loved and followed this guy, and now he's on trial for... Uh, sexual abuse and rape and 300 women have come forth about it and they're going to have a trial. So I'm just from, I guess, Amalia's experience first, is this stuff really going on and how much is it going on? Oh yeah. I'm so glad you're bringing this topic here because what I've known my whole life from growing up, inside of a born again Christian cult is the misuse of spiritual leaders with their sexuality is rampant. I have personally experienced it since childhood and pretty much in every spiritual um, organization that I've been a part of, I have seen it firsthand um, going on and it's been a huge issue for me. It's what drove me to, pretty much bring this podcast forth and, and to um, kind of teach and bring the, the mystery school that I have, which is a big part of it. And the, the primary core essence of my teachings is all about um, coming into right relationship with yourself and, and redesigning your own um, inner navigation system so that you aren't under the control or manipulation of others because so many spiritual leaders are misusing their power, I think more than not. So, I mean, look at the Vatican mm-hmm. and all the, the Catholic church. I mean, we're constantly hearing about another um, bishop and priest here that has been molesting children And there's a huge um, underground sort of backstage network of this. uh, It's an epidemic, really. And I think it's why so many people have left the church or or fallen away from their faith-based practices because they see that their spiritual leader isn't what they thought he or she was. Um, yeah, there's a lot I can say on it, but I'm just going to pause for a second because it's a huge topic. <laughs> you want to say something, Satya? Uh, well, just it's not surprising because oftentimes, um, you know, sociopaths, psychopaths, they are, you know, narcissists. They are drawn to um, to spirituality. They are drawn to religion, they're often um, 
you know, the leaders of churches, they're often the leaders of spiritual movements, and uh, they're often very charismatic, and, you know, everyone it just flocks to them like bees to honey, you know, or just, they, they just, it's, it's, it's not surprising from that, from that angle. It's, it's saddening because we, again, you know, our spirituality, our, uh, that glowing light within that's, that's within us. And, and we all need our, divine spark and when we're looking elsewhere or when we get swept up in in certain religions and, and things it's just you know the 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 misuse of of power can i tell you what worries me about it the most i think mm-hmm. not the fact that there are victims cuz that's awful right but like your book the book you wrote is a fantastic book, Amelia, but as soon as somebody, let's say somebody finds out that, okay, these teachings, some of these people, these gurus that taught this stuff, that teach this stuff, they're sexual predators and you shouldn't mess with it. And that's what I'm afraid of because like the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater because of the leaders of, of the teachings of these Mm -hmm. things, you know? Absolutely. And that happens. And um, and I think that's part of, of the hidden agenda behind it, um, because two things are going on. Um, and I'm going to talk, I, I have a lot of personal experience with this. And so we can go into some of those stories or, or how I came to know some of this. But when we come into our spiritual power, so anyone who is a spiritual leader or is a teacher of spiritual science or the mysteries, they have an awakened kundalini system and they're flowing a lot of energy. That's where their um, magnetism comes from. That's how they're able to tap in and channel and bring this incredible energy to the masses like Sai Baba or John of God, people who have hands-on healing ability. They're, they're running in a huge current of electricity, electromagnetic energy through their system. Like if you were to look at their energetic system from, you know, if I could give people these spiritual eyes that I see with, you can see someone from far away without speaking to them or knowing what they do. You can tell how much energy they're pulling in from the cosmos, like how clear is their system and how much are they able to magnetize towards them. Just because they can do that doesn't mean that there's some, uh, saint or or have a clear um sexual energy like they still have Mm -hmm. imprints they're here incarnated they still have desire and not only do they have desire they have a huge desire their desire is way stronger than anyone else's around them so they're going to pull and magnetize anything and everything that matches their energetic system into their field. It's like a huge magnet. Mm. And that's how they attract all these followers. And so the more energy that they're running, the more those people get attracted. You, do you, you guys know how much sense that makes to me right now? I don't know if you followed the John of God story. I mean, I've been following it for a while. 
And when the I just read the article you sent over. When the police interrogated him, a lot of paranormal activity started happening. Uh, You know, when Mm. they set him in the room, they set they asked him questions, and they said he had this blank stare. And the printer started printing stuff like just oh 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 stuff. The refrigerator blew up. Some Mm -hmm. people got sick. Somebody got run over. And Mm -hmm. and when I was talking about this, other people were like, well. There's no way that he can cause that stuff. And I'm thinking, well, if he's messing with the electrical Mm -hmm. or what you're talking about, the magnetic interference or whatever that is, chi, whatever you want to call it, then yeah, he could definitely do that stuff. Because printers just don't print stuff without a command, but this one was. Mm -hmm. So it was just Mm -hmm. electrical misfire, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, so we all have... um, you know, our soul carries memory, right? We all know about um, old souls versus younger souls, right? So people who are here running a lot of energy like that, like John of God or Sai Baba, they, their soul essence is way larger than most people's. And so they have mm-hmm. access to cosmic energy at a level that most people can't even comprehend. Um, so there really are the walking magicians of this realm. Like there's very few people who can embody that. And a lot of cult leaders or spiritual leaders have come into their mystical mastery of their interdimensional nature. And personally, I've come into somewhat of my own and that's why I can see what they're doing. Mm. Now, what terrifies mm. me and why, I, why I'm airing all of my own sexual secrets and why I'm so committed to clearing the shame in my system is because I want to stop that cycle because the dark entity, the parasite that I spoke about in the first few episodes of this podcast, it feeds off of that magnetism. So anyone who, who came here with a strong agenda, who is here to ignite and awaken the masses, that parasite hovers, follows, inserts itself, and will go to the weakest link in the network and start infecting everyone. It's just what's happening. It's an epidemic. It's everywhere. There's nowhere that it's not infiltrated. And so, so some, yeah. How do you know if you're in safe company, like for instance, Satya, Obviously, you were drawn to Amelia. I feel safe around Amelia. I mean, it's kind of backwards, uh-huh. male, female. But it's still, you've got to be able to put your trust in somebody. It's it's not, I no. guess it's to say you can't really learn this stuff. Can you learn this stuff on your own or do you have to, you know? Well, yeah, go well, ahead. Here's, the th- here's where I'm, you know, when you said put your trust in somebody. No, I, I feel mm-hmm. that. You know, what I'm teaching is I want you to trust yourself. I want you to learn your own system and ignite your own system that you're not going to be fooled because I have been around a lot of spiritual leaders. Some of the big masters walking on the planet, I've been, you know, eating lunch with, hanging out with, working with alongside of, or just meeting and they recognize me. They know that I am meeting them on these levels of dimensional reality and they test Mm -hmm. me 
they test me constantly. Like, I don't know if you guys know who Swami Nityananda is, but he's a huge guru in India and has, you know, over a million followers worldwide. He also kind of had a huge um, sexual story in, what was it, 2009 or 10? Um, he somebody put a hidden camera in his room. And so he, he says he's a brahmachari, which um, for those of you who don't know what that word means, it's someone who uh, is a virgin and completely abstains from sex in the tantric t- tradition. So brahmacharis are like children who were raised uh, in the mystery school of the priesthood of Hinduism in tan- tantric, like Shaivism. Um, so they follow Sh- Lord Shiva and they um, are sexless, like kind of androgynous, asexual, but no, they have a lot of psychic powers. So all his mm-hmm. cities are, are open. And I went to um, a kind of conference he had in the city I was living in India at the time in Mysore. And uh, there was, you know, probably over a thousand people there for a whole day workshop where he was giving um, a kind of transmission to activate the Kundalini. And he has everyone blindfold themselves. And when he gives the transmission and he's just sitting in this big throne on the stage with the tiger skin (laughs) and his Mm. loincloth and, you know, his malas and all of that, he's kind of dressed like Shiva <laughs> and he gives the this transmission and people get fully activated and I personally got super activated in his presence like my whole kundalini flew open and it, you know I was shaking and my head got thrown back and um, when I go into those states of consciousness I can see everything I don't need my eyes open I can see the whole room I can see everyone around me with my eyes closed and I saw someone photographing me and yet when I went into the room it said no photographs allowed and no cameras allowed and I was so happy I saw that because I knew that we were going to be doing some deep spiritual work and I didn't want to be photographed and mind you I'm one of like 10 white people, foreigners in this entire room of Indians. So I knew I stood out and I didn't want people looking at me or or singling me out as the foreign girl who's having a full-blown awakening experience in his presence, right? So Mm -hmm. when someone photographed me, I pulled my blindfold off, even though I was in this state of transcendence, you know, like my head's flicked back. My eyes are sort of rolling back in my head and we're all blindfolded, but I just pulled the blindfold off a little bit and I put my arms up like an X in front of my face. So whoever was photographing me would not be able to see my face. And, um, I saw the woman like next to the photographer telling me to put the blindfold back on. And I was in such an vulnerable state because he's running the energy in the room so high and everybody's like going into these like really cathartic transcendent places. I mean, there was, there was probably 10 of us in the room that were that open and the rest of the people there just look like they're meditating. And there's probably like, yeah, 10 people that are fully blown. Like I was running electricity through their whole spine. And, um, after we took a break and I went up to the photographer and I said, I want to see the photo you took of me. 
And he said, what are you talking about? I didn't take a photo. I'm like, no, you took a photo and I want to see it and I want you to delete it. And he was like, no, no. And he was completely lying to me. He said, no, madam, I didn't take a photo. And I said, you did take a photo. I saw it. I could see everything. You know, like I, I was thinking, mm-hmm. how, how does he think that I don't know? Like I was in this altered state. He must understand how cities work and Kundalini and he works for the guru, right? So anyway, he lied mm-hmm. to me and I, I decided I was so angry I, and I was so activated that I took a piece of paper and I wrote a note um, to the guru, to, to the Swami. And I said, hey, I just want you to know that you have someone in here photographing and yet the signs say no photos and videos. And if I see my face on any of your advertisements, I'm gonna be very upset. I need you to understand that that is very sacred energy to me and I don't want my face promoting your workshops. And please don't let that happen, right? And I sent, mm-hmm. there was some guy on the stage and I asked to send it. Well, anyway, we come back from the big break and Swami walks out on stage and he has my note in his hand. And he said, who's oh, no Amalia? Way. Yeah, he's like, who's Amalia? And I was like, wait, what? Like, I just thought someone was going to let him know and he was going to take care of it backstage, you know? And he makes me stand up in front of a thousand something more people. I don't know how many people were there, but at least a thousand. And he's like, hey, um, this isn't America. You know, we don't have, um, what did he say? Uh, Like model release forms or something. And no one was photographing. He said no one was photographing you. So he made me look like a liar. And I, without speaking, looked at him and I sent him a full transmission like, don't you dare call me a liar in front of all these people. I know exactly what I saw. I know exactly what happened. I could see and feel everything. And I also wrote in the note exactly what I experienced and how I felt his energy. So I let him know that I know what he's doing. Mm. You know, I, you know, so it was, it was a kind note. And I was just saying, by the way, please make sure that doesn't happen. Sort of nice to meet you. <laughs> He wouldn't, he was reading my, my note on stage silently, like anyone else who wrote him a note, he would read out loud, but mine, he wouldn't read it out loud. He just kept reading it. And, and then the whole rest of the day for like five hours that we were there, he kept talking to me, singling me out during his lecture. He said, Amalia, da, 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 Amalia, da, 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 da. Like he was so irked that I, he, he, he was knowing that I knew mm-hmm. exactly what was going on. Anyway, at the end of the day, I went up to get Shaktipat with him. Um, there's this long line. Everyone stands in line to get a hug from him. And when I came up to him, he, he took like 15, 20 minutes with me and he invited me to the ashram. And um, when he hugged me, I was like, oh my God, he's like inviting me to come have sex with him. Like I could feel him meeting me on all these different levels. And then I had this full on experience when I went home of him astrally coming into my house. And I thought, this is so strange. What, what mm. is going on? He was, he was completely testing um, how much I could see and how much I was aware of what he was doing. And then oh. he was he was like excited. And I was like, I thought he's a brahmachari. Like I thought he's completely 
asexual. And ironically, at that time, I had been for five years. I had not had sex. So I was like, whoa, he's like extremely throwing. He's like twisting my, he's trying to get into my sexual core. Mm. And um, using this sort of sex magic allure. And I was like, huh, this is really interesting. Like, why is he doing this? And uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I, he kept asking me astrally to come to visit him. It like in person, he wanted me to come. And he told me that when I met him. Anyway, I didn't go. And within like two weeks after meeting him, um, that's when the police uh, raided his, his ashram and he, they put him in jail. Oh my God. Um, for, for what? Like three years. For sex, having sex with, uh, they, someone had put secret sex tapes in his hotel room and caught him um, having sex with this famous movie star that was divorced. It's all over. You can look it up online. It's, uh, mm. And he's, he's now out of jail. Uh, he, he also got busted for like having all these illegal tiger skins and sandalwood and things that are completely um, illegal to possess uh, hmm. in India. But it made, I couldn't stop laughing because I knew that I, right. and I even told a bunch of his followers, I'm like, he's not a brahmachari. You guys are totally don't know who he is. He's completely having sex. He's totally into his sexual energy. He's feeding off of it. And he's got a whole slew of women that he sleeps with. And I had been telling them that and everyone was so angry at me. How dare you say that about our Swami? I'm like, you guys, it's obvious. You know, he, he appeared to me astrally. He, and he propositioned me. That could be me. And I'm so happy that I never went because he's so powerful. He's so powerful. And now he's back at it. He's bigger than ever now. He's, he got out of jail. I think he served like two or three years in jail. And now he's got more money and more ashrams and more followers than ever. And everybody pretends like that never happened. And yeah, wow. I was like, well, the guy's single. What's the big deal uh, of him doing that? Like, it's not like he's married and having an affair. Like, I don't understand why everyone's upset. And they said, no, he can't call himself a brahmachari. Like if he right. called himself Osho or, you know, how Osho did it, it would have been more acceptable. Um, right. But, because he was misrepresenting himself. He was betraying mm -hmm. people trying to present. Yeah. That's one thing. But see, this is just, yeah. I mean, this happens so much and no, and it, it's not being addressed in a real way, you know, Except for how you're saying it, you know, so, so these people come in, they've, they're running so much energy and somewhere along the line, something turns bad. And the question is, you know, do some of them have some good intentions or is it all just sort of a self-serving thing the whole time? But then there is certain energy that they are able to conduct and then people feel uh, they have an experience, they have an awakening or, or whatever, or, you know, in a Christian church, they might feel the presence of Jesus or, you know, these things. But then, I mean, what in the heck do we do with this? You know, when, 
when well, there's think- lying happening or, or then people are doing things behind the scenes they're not supposed to do. And Well, I think that's for, for myself, um, because the first few times that I experienced, you know, this uh, misuse of power, it was very shocking. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this man of God is now doing this. Now, after living in India and seeing it like all the time with all the spiritual leaders that I worked with, I was like, everyone is normal. You know, everybody is a sexual being and has sexual interest. I mean, mm-hmm. even people, you know, th- there's monks and, and nuns and I don't know, you know, I'm not going to go into that whole thing. Cause that's, that's a whole different topic, mm-hmm. but for spiritual leaders to be so magnetic, it, we're looking at these leaders as if they should be like Jesus Christ. And, and we don't even know the true story of Jesus Christ. Cause obviously, you know, there was Mary Magdalene and all of that, but, mm-hmm. but we're expecting them to be holier than thou in their sexuality. I mean, even for me in the small mm-hmm. um, community that I serve, I noticed like in India, people were deifying me. Like they would touch my feet or, and I was like, why are you touching me like that? Why are you deifying me? I'm just like you, just because I've awakened my Kundalini and I'm running a certain kind of magnetism and energy through my system. It doesn't mean that I'm this perfect being in your eyes and people will put you on this pedestal. And part of me sharing my sexual Mm -hmm. story with all of you and doing this podcast is like, look, we all have... (laughs) Um, a sexuality, Mm -hmm. right? We're all in this body and, and we all have desires and cravings and we're all wired in some sexual imprint way. And there has been a ton of abuse on our entire species in every culture, in every religion. And there's entities feeding off our sexual energy and creating these distortions. So for us to assume that there's some sort of, um, I don't know, holier than thou godlike way to be without any sort of sexual shame or distortion. I think it's just BS. You know, everybody's got it. Um, right. Right. So I and- think we need the spiritual leaders need to start owning up to their own sexual desires because it's just this whole patriarchy of secrets. And that is tumbling, right? That's what's being exposed glaringly right now. Right. Right. And I, I mean, what I enjoyed about, uh, like Joe was mentioning earlier, about meditating with you or knowing you or studying with you is that you, you always would put, um, put the power in, in my hands. You know, yeah. uh, you you weren't you weren't about being a guru or anything. Nor was I. Have I ever <laughs> looked yeah. for any type of guru? And I traveled through India when I was younger and all of that. I was never looking for any of that. Um, I would oh. never give that kind of power to anyone. Um, and that's why I was able to meditate with you and and stick around because I because it was always you were always putting it back to to me and giving me 
the power like or helping me recognize it if I didn't see it for a second of what the power mm -hmm. that I have and this is you know look at how easy people are manipulated the average human look how easily we give away our power I'm mm -hmm. afraid to meditate sometimes to be honest with you I'm afraid of where it's gonna go you know mm -hmm. uh, and so when I got you know I've never meditated with you like in your presence but I've listened to the audios and it was the only time I, well, I could say one of the few meditations I've done where I felt like I was in control of what was going on, even though I could hear your voice, you know? Mm, thank you for saying that. Yeah. And you know, when I, I, I do that on purpose because I am so afraid of being like them because when you, when you start channeling that much um, electricity and energy through your system and you, you start rushing that much kundalini life force, um, the smallest kink will, will cause a distortion. And so I'm constantly asking for people to keep me in check because in my younger years, in my twenties, I, I felt that it unintentionally there was like slight manipulation in the way maybe that I was running my business. This is before I was teaching spiritual law. I was just using it. And I saw like, oh, if I just think about something, if I just desire something, it comes to me because I have magnetism. Mm -hmm. You know, if I just have this thought, this negative thought, like bad things happen. And I had to own that. Like I couldn't mm. wipe it aside and say that that wasn't caused by, by me. So the level of responsibility that I'm carrying is much higher than someone who's not rushing that much energy. Um, so if you take someone like Sai Baba or John of God, who's rushing, like, you know, if we look at it, like wattage and I'm on like a, a low wattage, they're on like megawatts. Right? And, and for them, like every thought gets manifest exponentially. Like it, it's, we're, mm -hmm. we're magnetic electrical beings. And when we're running energy and we're, we're being the creator, every thought counts. Mm. So there's this responsibility that comes with it. And that's why I, I do not want anyone to experience the level of manipulation and mind control that I had to break free from. And I broke free from it, from, from activating my own energetic system. And so when I'm in the presence of others or when people allow me to work on their systems, I, I see it as such a huge honor that you guys and whoever else sits with me trusts me. Like I, I'm, it's so delicate for me. I'm like, oh my God, they're trusting me with their whole system. I can't mess up. I can't have one horrible thought. Like I, I have to be pure, fully pure. I have to put all my intentions and motives and everything. And it, it's a big job and it's, mm. it's a constant like cleaning and clearing. And I never said I'm perfect. I never want to pretend that I don't have it but when mm -hmm. I work I 
I adhere to a certain level of ethics and morals within myself. And I don't want anyone to just blatantly trust me. They need to check me and call me on stuff mm -hmm. if, if I'm misusing it because it's human nature to misuse it because we are distorted by just being here on this planet. Mm -hmm. we've, we've got distortions and parasites and um, we're hooked in. Yeah, it almost seems inevitable. It is. And I think if, if everyone takes back their sovereignty, then we can just trust ourselves and we can trust, we can like be in community with each other and like treat each other as gods treat each other, not as hierarchical, you know, God to servant. Exactly. So I'm not looking for a bunch of followers. I'm looking for a bunch of leaders who are self-reliant mm -hmm. in their own system that they don't need to feed off of me or be right. dependent on me. Um, but they love having my energy to support them as I do theirs. Right. I mean, and even just in, in a basic you know, psychological manner, even just in the study of psychology, that's what they say, you know, about, you know, being a, being a therapist P and people do that too. Gosh, when I first had my master's degree, people would just hold me to a certain, they gave me an awful lot of power actually right off the bat in conversations. And, um, and then, and I would notice that. And, and then, you know, I could choose to read them if I wanted or, or but I, I usually shut it off, but people would always say, Oh, are you, are you uh, analyzing me right now? And, you know, if I was oh, yeah. out to dinner or at a party, no, I'm not. I shut that off because I don't want to use my energy that way, for one thing. And I, I was lucky that I had a lot of boundaries and that I could contain a lot. And, and, um, and but the, uh, what was that, Joe? I worry about that with you, Satya. I'm like, I wonder what she thinks of me. I wonder if she thinks I have a, a psychological issue. you. Yeah. <laughs> but even, you know, just, and then just from a, just for therapy, you know, it, it, it's, you don't want your client dependent on you. You don't want them, um, you know, giving you the credit for if they learned something or if they're feeling better or, I mean, my goodness, you just don't want that. You want them to have the credit and, and you want them to ultimately not need therapy all the time or or whatnot, you know? So that's the, the healthier way to do it. Well, what, what is and I, about therapy though, and the tradition I studied was a Western like ceremonial tradition, right? But they would, they mm -hmm. told you that you need to be in therapy while you do this, right? So they would say you need to be in mm -hmm. therapy specifically with a psychologist that kind of understands the Carl Jung type of therapy. And I didn't believe that at first until, you know, you started seeing some of this stuff work and you get a little bit of what's called megalomania and you need, I mm -hmm. guess, a, a therapist to keep you in check. I mean, is it a bad mm -hmm. idea though to, well, let me ask you this. If anybody's going through mystery teachings, whether it's Amelia or anybody, do you think it's a good idea that they talk to a therapist while they're going through these things? Well, I think the more the the more support for a person, the better. I'm just I'm just saying that it, it, to be dependent on something for years, you know, that's yeah. different. But if if you want extra support, 
yeah, the, I think the more support, the better. But I don't think it's a, a um, an absolute necessity. And I guess it depends on who your teacher is and what your mm -hmm. level of development is. And I'm oh. just still, I'm just still reeling just about the whole, you know, the amount of Kundalini energy and how, um, how it just consistently repetitively across time and dimensions and across cultures and across countries, it just, <laughs> it just keeps being misused and it doesn't matter what religion you are. And I'm just so fascinated. Well, it's the golden serpent and there's a lot of serpent heads and you know what, let's use that for our next um, topic. So you guys are going to have to stay tuned to hear more about the, <laughs> the Kundalini serpent and how it gets so distorted and twisted up because there's, we might have to do a few, um, a series on this because we, there's so much yeah. to cover. But thank you guys for, for listening. And please check us out on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and our website, lovesexagenda.com. Please subscribe, yeah. share it with your friends, let us know what you think, and send us a message. If this inspired you or if you have questions or want us to talk about something very specific, we would love to know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for inviting me on. <laughs> it's always great when you're here. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us. If you'd like to contact us and stay in touch with us, you can find us at lovesexagenda.com. That's lovesexagenda.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Love Sex and the Hidden Agenda. Bye.